Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, October 20th, 548 a.m. Central Time. As I speak here, December corn futures up three and a quarter at 681 and three quarters last trade. November soybeans up eight and a quarter at 1380 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat up 10 and a half at 851 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat up 10 and a half at 952 and a quarter. December spring wheat up seven at 960 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it as always. Uh, ratings and reviews, very much welcome. Could always use some more. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Hit the like button. Leave me a comment if you've got crop updates, yield updates, basis updates, any sort of opinion on anything that I say here. Uh, drop it in the comments. Those comments and, and all that stuff helps YouTube to help me to grow this channel. Uh, appreciate it as always, guys. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information uh, direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, all of my grain marketing recommendations, charts, graphics, weather information. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this deal. Yesterday, I did a mailbag video, and I do one of these like every week or two. Um, Questions come in from subscribers every single business day. And in these videos, these are longer videos. They're usually 20 minutes long or so. Um, I answer or try to address at least all the questions that have come in. Uh, if you guys are interested in this sort of content, most of this is like grain marketing related stuff when it comes to these mailbag videos. Uh, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. Russia says it will reassess its cooperation with the United Nations. So Ukraine has invited the UN and its experts to inspect fallen drones that had been used by Russia. It's believed that these drones were made in Iran, and that's a bad deal for Iran because under the 2015 nuclear deal, Iranian weapons were essentially embargoed by the U.S. and other countries. They just they can't be shipping weapons. Russia's ambassador to the United Nations called on Antonio Guterres, who's the U.N. Secretary General, to, quote, abstain from engaging in any illegitimate investigation. Otherwise, we will have to reassess our collaboration with them, which is hardly in anyone's interests. We do not want to do it, but there will be no other choice. So Russia and Iran have both denied that these drones were made in Iran, in Iran and shipped to Russia. And if it's discovered, of course, that uh, these drones were in fact made in Iran, it's a bad deal for Iran, I think. I don't know what it means for Russia necessarily, but Russia doesn't want this investigation to happen. Uh, the U.S., the U, this is important, of course, because the United Nations and Russia had been working to extend and expand this Ukraine grain shipping deal that was signed in, in July. So if uh, the United Nations decides to go through with these inspections of these drones, it could put the deal at risk. Now, there was a second headline here, and I don't have a slide for it. Uh, Russia says that the U.S. is blackmailing them over food and fertilizer exports, threatening global food security. Reuters reporting uh, very early this morning that a Russian foreign ministry spokesperson said that Russia was blackmailing and persecuting those that tried to trade with Russia and was therefore compromising global food security. 
The U.S., of course, has not directly targeted Russian grain or fertilizer exports with sanctions. Russia believes, however, that the sanctions uh, that are in place on shipping, insurance, logistics, payment infrastructures are hindering their ability to export grain and fertilizers. And I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But again, you've got a couple of headlines this morning suggesting that perhaps this grain deal is in jeopardy. So maybe that's part of the reason we're a little bit higher here today. It seems like the wheat market in particular has really been following these headlines around. Estimates for Argentina's wheat crop are being reduced. Drought was an issue during a whole bunch of the growing season, and then they had a late season frost uh, resulting in further losses. The Rosario Grain Exchange cut its wheat production estimate for Argentina to 15 million from 16 million previously. USDA is at 17 and a half. Uh, The record crop, just for reference, out of Argentina wheat was 22 and a half from last year, I believe. Uh, Their winter wheat harvest occurs like in the November to January timeframe, generally speaking. This dry weather has also resulted in slower corn planting, may result in some additional soybean acreage. Some analysts, because of the dry weather, are already reducing or already working with reduced row crop estimates for Argentina. Now you look at the, um, I had an Argentina weather map somewhere. Here it is. Um, So if you look at the weather map for Argentina, this is the GFS out through October 29th. These are some very important uh, corn and soybean growing areas in Argentina. So it looks like they're going to catch some rain here and some drought relief. Um, It's this could change. This is stuff that's supposed to hit like middle of next week. Uh, So we'll see if that happens or not. But there is a little bit of relief in sight for Argentina. Uh, Back to ethanol production. Sorry, my slides are out of order here this morning. Uh, U.S. ethanol production did improve last week. We've seen a really nice uh, spike higher in ethanol production, which is totally normal this time of year. As these harvest corn deliveries arrive at ethanol plants, um, they, we start producing more ethanol. Pretty simple. Uh, weekly output, 1.016 million barrels per day. That was up 9% on the week, down 7.3% versus the same week last year. So again, a totally normal seasonal rebound in production. Ethanol stocks still really high. They were flat on the week, but they are the second high highest on record seasonally behind only 2018. Gasoline demand is still soft on average over the last four weeks, implied uh, U.S. gasoline demand running about six and a half percent below the same period last year. So that weakness in gasoline demand, I think, leads some people to believe that ethanol production uh, may be hindered um, over the next, you know, year, the next marketing year, whatever. Uh, so that's something to pay attention to. This, this soft gasoline demand could be an issue. Uh, looking at the weather here this morning, not much on the radar, but there is some uh, relief in sight for these River Valley areas. And I mentioned this yesterday, and I'm going to continue to mention it because it's a big issue. So the seven-day map from the government says that a whole bunch of these River Valley areas are going to catch some rain. Uh, there is some conflict in the forecasts, however. If you look at the, uh, the Euro versus the GFS, the GFS is quite a bit wetter and wetter for some southern areas especially uh, Missouri down into Arkansas, where the Euro is a little bit wetter for, um, say, areas of Illinois, Iowa, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, places like that. The government maps have kind of backed off the rains a little bit in this extended stuff, like 6 to 10 above normal in some areas, 8 to 14 Um That's actually a temperature map. My slides are all out of order this morning, guys. Uh, But in any case, so the way that it looks, beginning uh, middle of next week, you're going to see some of these rains fall over... um, you know, the Midwest and then these more Southern River Valley areas. Is that going to be enough to fix the river issues? Uh, maybe not in a vacuum, but if you find some additional rains beyond that, uh, that would be a big, a big uh, positive. Given that it's a slow news day today, I figured I'd show you this uh, from the Wall Street Journal. As COVID hit, Washington officials traded stocks with exquisite timing. Um, I mentioned yesterday just uh, 
uh, kind of as a joke, you know, we've got some really great financial minds in Congress. This is a really good report from the Wall Street Journal. They did some they did some homework in this one. I will include the link to this in the YouTube video. You should go check this out. Um, federal officials who had knowledge of COVID and the pending lockdown made all kinds of trades in the stock market uh, before um, before the sell-off and then uh, bought back stock apparently uh, right before the big rally, before all the stimulus happened. So this is uh, probably the least surprising headline you'll see all day, but the details are very interesting. Uh, we do have an export sales report this morning at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Corn sales expected for the current marketing year, 250 to 700. Soybean sales, 1.7 to 2.5 expected. Should be a good week of soybean sales. We had some uh, flash sales reported. Wheat sales, 200 to 500 expected. Cattle market was higher yesterday. Live cattle, uh, more than a dollar higher in most of these contracts. Feeder cattle uh, were just marginally higher. Cash trade was better so far this week, but it's light volumes. 147 in the south, 150 in the north reported. U.S. dollars a little bit lower this morning. Stock market's marginally higher. The S&P's up eight points. The Dow's up 120. Bonds about flat. Gold's up eight bucks. Crude oil up $1.59 at 86.10 in the uh, December WTI. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Friday.